His old porch is just a long time waiting and forgetting and remembering the coming back, not crying about the leaving. And remembering the falling down and the laughter and curse of luck from all them sons of bitches said would never get back up. It's good stuff. Welcome. I'm Jim McGinnis, and this is Stories We Can Tell. And what you were just listening to were some lines from a great song written by Lyle Lovett and Robert Earl Keane. Two Texas boys who always have the ear of this Floridian. And here I am on, in my studio, also known as my porch, with our frequently sounds of crickets and birds and barking dogs, rain hitting the tin roof and trains. Siren works its way in from time to time, along with a motorcycle screaming down 192. Here I am talking about a porch and a song about a porch with a story about a boat and some people I love. The makeup's a bit rough and it needs some new canvas. Gel coat is oxidized and has some spider cracks and the teak is faded. But the Evan Rude 225 is in great shape and it'll get that old hull up on a plane quicker than you can say Jackie Robinson. My son and I have talked often about giving it a facelift, but we haven't quite got around to it. We repowered it in 05 in the middle of the housing bubble when refinancing seemed like stealing. Of course it wasn't, and we've been digging our way out ever since. I take solace in an old Paul Simon line I sing often to myself. It's all right, it's all right. We can't be forever blessed. I love the family excursions down the intercoastal to the Spoils Islands between Melbourne and Sebastian. The dogs romp along the sandbar, chasing birds and fetching sticks of driftwood. But I also cherish the mornings alone when I'll put in at Ballard Park and just take the boat north or south, whichever moves me. As I turn into the channel and catch that first scent of salt air, it's a religious experience. This particular memory revolves around a trip to the Keys, though. Hope you like it. Mahi on the grill tonight, I announced as the boys whooped it up over boating the second big dolphin. Along with catching a good-sized wahoo, this had made for a fine day on the water. Told you this boat catches fish. The exhilaration of the catch was always tempered by a touch of sadness in taking these magnificent creatures. Someone on the boat would inevitably mention the fact that a dolphin didn't have a very long lifespan anyway. The rationalization somehow eased a bit of remorse we felt, even after a good fight. The crew had gotten what we came for. We weren't greedy. Each of the five began to pack up for the return trip to Isle Morata. Except for me, that is. I just stood on the bow, gazing out into the ocean. Terry, my brother-in-law, was securing the lines while the boys brought in the outriggers. When everyone was good, my son Danny called out to me. Ready, Dad? And I walked back and sat down. The boy turned his hat around, hit the throttle, and away we went. 
The wind had switched and the water had laid down. The old Mako planed across blue water toward Matacumbe. It had been a long while since I had been offshore, and I had missed it sorely. I had returned to the sea, and for the life of me, I couldn't figure out why I had strayed away in the first place. Deep greens and blues are the colors I choose, I sang to myself, conjuring up James Taylor, then a random mother, mother ocean. After a few minutes, I tapped my son on the shoulder and signaled for him to back it down. What do you say we just troll a while, I suggested. No one was in much of a hurry. And so we all sat down on the gunnel, sipping cold cans of Budweiser while the radio played. Fishing in the Keys in springtime is a hit-or-miss proposition. Sure, the fish are running, but oftentimes the winds blow, turning the ocean into a washing machine. We were never too disappointed when it blew. Hanging out on shore in the Keys wasn't the worst way to spend a vacation. This day was good on the water, though, and we had seized the opportunity. The bullshit was plentiful on the way in, especially among my son and nephews, but I was quiet, soaking it all in. What are you thinking about, asked Terry. Don't be going dark on me. I snapped out of it. I'm thinking about how you almost threw me out of the boat back there on the humps, Uncle Terry. Jesus. My brother-in-law smiled and shook his head. The boys laughed. The stone sang, give me shelter. The events of the day came back in bits and pieces, accompanied by howling laughter. The conversation was peppered with memorable one-liners. Water in the damn boat. We all laughed that we couldn't laugh anymore. It had been a busy day on the humps. Lots of boats, charters, and commercial guys. Terry was coaching the boys on the art of catching blackfin. His enthusiasm spilled out of him to the point that he, too, was a source of amusement. The humps are underwater mountains that jut up from the ocean. There are several stretching from Key Largo to Marathon. They force currents around them and cause quite a stir. At first sight, it's a little unnerving. Here, are you, here you are 15 or 20 miles offshore on a calm day and suddenly you see waves breaking out in front of you. Big fish are known to love the humps. They drive the bait fish upward and launch into a feeding frenzy. Fishermen watch for the birds circling, waiting for the prey to leap out of the water. Beneath them are dolphins and blackfin tuna. The Mako is a trusty old boat. They have a bit of a cult following, you know, especially the old ones. Nothing hits a wave like an old Mako. But under certain conditions, they do take waves over the stern due to the design. Faulty scuppers, which are drains that leave the water out, always make a day on the humps an interesting one. We've been trolling around rather quickly through rough water, staying right on the edge. I was trying to decide whether I was seasick or not. Time would tell. Several boats had cut us off, forcing us to turn sharper than we wanted to. Danny was still at the wheel, and just after he had straightened out, avoiding a tangling of the lines, an outrigger popped, and I grabbed the rod. All hell broke loose after that. The real buzz line was flying off. I was holding on, not sure how to slow it down. My son backed down quickly from the troll and let the fish have the line, even backed up some. Finally it turned and I was able to take back some line, but just then a wave broke over the back of the boat and there, were more, there was more chaos. We stood in ankle deep water now as the fish raced toward the boat. Slack in the line made me think I had lost it, but my nephew Greg was yelling at me, keep reeling Uncle Mac, 
and so I did. I was the least skilled fisherman on the boat, but I didn't lack in confidence. I was all in. A second wave broke over the boat, and I saw the lid from the live well float by. Greg seemed amused by it all, but I could hear Terry saying in a calm but serious voice, Water in the boat, throttle up. But no one seemed to hear him. They were busy securing floating objects and bringing in the other lines. I reeled frantically, trying to take up the slack. Again, I heard, water in the boat, damn it. It's a wahoo, one of the boys yelled as it made its second turn away from the boat. After a moment, Terry took matters into his own hands. He reached over the lean post and bumped the throttle, maybe a little too hard. The boat lurched forward and I went down, but I held onto the rod. The drama had now become a comedy. After a few minutes, I was able to break it, bring it close, the wahoo it was and the fish and the fishermen were both exhausted. My nephew Joey was at the wheel now and once we boated the fish and obligatory pictures were taken, he bumped the throttle again, easier this time, and the rest of the water drained from the deck. All was well. Zach Brown and Jimmy sang knee deep. We got a story today, I said, as we made our way home, digging out two more beers from the cooler and sitting back down beside my brother-in-law. We all gazed out upon the horizon. No one said, we don't get out here enough. Nobody mentioned that it had been too long since their last trip. The beauty of the early afternoon did not allow any regret of any sort. I did quote E. Cummings though, for whatever we lose like a you or a me, it is always ourself we find in the sea. Whatever, my brother-in-law said, raising his can. Terry loves the ocean, he loves fishing, he loves boats, especially fishing boats, but he does not love poetry. Who reads that stuff these days, he asked, seeming to be unconcerned with my feelings. Who reads, I fired back, truth is like poetry, and everybody hates poetry. Yeah, I saw that movie too, UT said. UT was just another nickname, along with Big Tuna. He was a legend. I laughed as brown-eyed girl came on the radio and asked Joey to turn it up as I got up and walked toward the bow. For a history guy, my son chirped, you sure like the front of the boat? He liked having thought of it so well. After several miles of trolling, we had lost track of time, and Terry made a gesture. Mac, you ready? I guess so, bud. Bring it on up. It was a good ride in. We saw a sailfish jump not 50 yards from the boat. A turtle showed his head briefly and then disappeared. As we approached Alligator Reef Light, the water turned to emerald green. Land was in sight.